Welcome back. This is the soft count. Man, I'm stoked. UFC 275 is finally here. Been waiting. <laughs> it's been, uh, I guess last week. I mean, there was fights last week, but they just weren't. I don't know. They didn't hit the. They didn't hit the nerve I needed. I, I needed a big, uh, a big fight night, and we definitely have one this week. Tonight for us, and tomorrow morning for the fighters is going to be a little different. There's some crazy odds on the night, and you can see some of the people coming in at the weigh-in face-off thing. They had different looks on their faces. Like, they're fighting at a different time and a different place. They're in fucking Singapore fighting in Sunday morning. It's going to be weird. And I definitely noticed some, like, just different looks on some of these really fighters that look don't look like that. They don't act like that at the weigh-in. They had a different demeanor. And I always take note of that before the fight. I mean, this is right before the fight. So let's take a look. The first, um, well, yeah, let's do our, uh, let's start with our fight night pickups. So the first fight of the night is Jocelyn Edwards and Ramona Pasquale. Jocelyn's a minus 161 favorite. They have a, both have a little bit different body types. Ramona Pasquale looks a little thicker, like she might have a little more power in the earlier rounds. Women usually, I feel like a lot of the women fight go the distance unless you see a submission. And so I'm going to take Jocelyn Edwards. She just looks a little cut. She's got a, a little bit more go, uh, is what we like to call it in boxing. Bigger butt. Less show, more go. Silvana Gomez Juarez has fake breasts. And before everybody's like, you piece of shit asshole, I got nothing against fake breasts. In fact, I like fake breasts, just not on my fighters. It always makes, it always worries me. I'm like, God, what? how could that help you in the fighting world? There can be no... <laughs> You can't argue with me that there's no benefit. So I usually don't bet on women that, that are uh, sporting those in the fighting world. I just, I've, I rarely see him win. Liang Na is an Asian fighter. I saw an interesting article this week about uh, the diets of Asian fighters and that being part of the problem with their power. Again, before everybody freaks out about that, um, diets are a very real thing. <laughs> and, in America, it's very common for people to tr like change their diet drastically and try new things and be in a totally new diet. In China, that's not as common. And uh, so this article kind of pointed all these things out, which might kind of point to some of the reasons why you don't see as much power coming out of these fighters. But I'm going to go, I'm going to take, just based on what I believe, I'm going with Liang Na. She's, uh, I think she's going to get it done. The next fight's got one of my favorite undercard fighters um dana he is so fucking mean i love this dude he is so serious he's a little bit older but he's just so fucking tough and he is like the epitome of a ufc fighter love him give me him at minus 108 he's in a pick em fight so the next fight's really interesting the, the ufc would love for brendan allen to just go on a long winning streak and him to work his way right to the top they love this dude i mean he's handsome he's american he's got his dog tags tattooed on his ribs and his fucking kids feet on his other ribs and he's cut and built and you know all the things and when he fights he looks good in the early rounds to me he, he does get gassed pretty easily he looks a little sloppy at times he just doesn't seem like a super serious dude and but he wins and they've, they've definitely protected him in the UFC. They want him to win. They're throwing him to a dog tonight. Jacob Malkoon is an Australian, and this dude's fucking mean. 
all these Australian dudes are just so serious and they just love fighting and he can he can knock you out. He's got one of the bodies. So Jacob Malkoon has a body that um, scares me. The dude's built like this. It's like just thickness, but not fat. My cousin, I had a cousin I grew up with built just like Jacob Malkoon. Wide, big, thick, powerful. And I'd been in a couple of fights with him, and I've never won. He's been He's like the one dude I've just like, – even now, I'm bigger than him now, now that we're adults. Uh, but in my mind, it's just like I, I don't know if I could ever climb that mountain. I don't think I can beat him, you know. <laughs> he beat me up too much as we, when we were kids. I don't know if I could – I don't know. It's like a psychological wall now. But he's still big and strong and shit. I'm just bigger than him now. I'm going to take uh, Jacob in an upset at, my, at plus 265. I think that's going to be a big upset. People are probably going to be freaked out. But uh, Brennan might knock, or uh, yeah, Jacob might knock Brennan clean out of his fucking boots. We'll see. He looks real serious to me. The next fight's a weird one. I, um, Mahashate and uh, Steve Garcia. Steve's minus one seventy-five. I don't love that, but he is considered. He's very a lot more experienced. This other guy, it's his UFC debut, and I just really don't like betting on guys in the, on the UFC debuts. And this guy's awfully skinny. And anytime guys come into their debut real skinny, they learn real quick that they need to stop being skinny. And so I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Steve at minus 175. <clears throat> this next fight has a possibility of being one of the most uh, exciting fights of the night. It's funny. I I, I just mentioned Jacob Malcoon being built like my cousin. This other guy was built. Uh, Josh Calabau or Kulabau is built like a dude I went to school with, and he loved fighting. He went into the military. Uh, thin, kind of like flat chest, strong but just wiry. And uh, the thing about Josh that always worries me, he is just, he's a high energy fighter. He can get knocked out because of that. But he, he, he's one of those like menacing, like chaotic evil motherfuckers, like or chaotic neutral. Like he just loves chaos. I don't know how else to like describe him. He is, he just loves it to get dirty, and he he was like starting to fight at the weigh-in and shit. I I, uh, I really do like him. I think Song Wan Chu or Sung Wang, I can't say these fucking names. Choi, whatever. He's a really exciting fighter. I've watched him fight twice now. He's really good. Josh is a real banger. A real. I think this could be one of the best fights of the night. Uh, but give me Choi, minus two fifty. Jack Della, uh Jack Madalena, he's real tough. When you see him and you look at his face, you're like, oh, yeah, this dude can really bang. And he can. He's another Aussie. There's a bunch of Australians on the fight tonight, which is sweet. But uh, Ramazmov, uh, Ramazan, anytime you give me a name like that, I just am like, man. And he's a plus 150. Watch out for that. I'm going to take Ramazan. I just, if it comes to wrestling, I, you know, I just can't ever bet against these guys anymore. It, it, it usually doesn't pay. <laughs> Get going against them. This next fight, I think, has a possibility of being an early knockout, but also being like one of the best knockouts of the night. Andre Fialo is fucking gangster. If you haven't watched Andre fight yet, he is fucking. I don't know how you haven't. He's he's you know he's he's God, box office knockouts. I love him. He is only minus one thirty nine tonight against Jake Matthews, another Australian, uh, younger, less experienced. 
Andre can be getting beat up for four rounds and then just clip you into another planet. I really like him. I think one day, I mean, I one day soon, right? This dude's got to be getting a look real soon. He has been, he's been lights out. I love him. Give me him minus one thirty nine. I'll also, we'll talk about another prop bet later with a with a knockout for him. But I, I really, really can't stress enough. You won't see him at minus one thirty nine again anytime soon. The next fight's a uh, rematch, right? Uh, Whaley and Joanna. I'm not even going to try to say her last name. I even listened to him say it like four times, and I was like, I, I just can't even, I can't say it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm too white. Can't say it. I want to, but your name is fucking wild. Both of these women are dangerous. Whaley needs this way more. Like, Whaley is, she has to win. And she's in fucking Singapore. She's going to get cheered for the first time ever, by the way, in UFC. Because, like, being from China, she's just constantly booed. There's nowhere, you know, it's going to be really, it's a big fight for her tonight. And she looks like she is in immaculate shape. She better knock the shit out of Joanna. I'm going to take her at minus 161. I think that is the craziest odds of the night. Like, if you think about the last two fights for Wei Li after fighting Rose, you... This fight, I feel like she should be minus 400. But it's only minus 161 because of those last two fights, which is a bummer. But in reality, the the I feel like the level between these two women is way different. So we'll see. So the next fight's going to be Valentina and Talia Santos. Shevchenko is, up until now, I mean, up until, uh, yeah, Till now, she's been, I think, the best female fighter I've ever seen. Now, and most people will say she's unbeatable. I've watched Talia Santos fight recently. She can win. And not only can she win, she's every bit as big, if not bigger, than Valentina Shevchenko. And up until recently, Valent, you know, people said that Amanda Nunes was unbeatable. And then what happened? She got fucking beat. One of my concerns about this fight, and I saw it at the weigh-in, and I saw and, and Valentina didn't look that happy. She didn't look that excited. She didn't look like she wanted to be there. That always concerns me. And people are like, "Oh, you're reading it." No, I'm not. She even gave like a half-hearted smile when she stepped up on the scale. And this is the ceremonial weigh-in, so don't tell me she's gassed. I saw them actually using the scale, which I thought was silly. I mean, these people already weighed in. You're not. You can't tell me all these people made weight and barely were on the scale for a second. Like, this was a ceremonial way in that they were still pretending to take weight at for some reason. And she looked like she wasn't into it. That always concerns me. Facial, body language, all that shit. And she is minus 500. And Talia's plus 440. That is the craziest odds of the night. So, how do you bet it? Well, you, there's two. There's a couple ways to bet it. One is that you think I'm gonna bet on Talia Santos. She's plus 440. Why the fuck wouldn't you? You might as well put a little bit of money on Talia Santos because she's a huge underdog and she shouldn't be. She should probably be plus 200. And Valentina should probably be minus 300. <clears throat> 500? Like Jesus Christ! You guys are like, okay, whatever. Uh, I've watched Talia fight recently. She's really talented. And she's got hands. Not kicks like Valentina. I mean, Valentina is 100% a better fighter. There's no doubt about it. But after what you've seen, I mean, Amanda Nunes is a better fighter. You're going to see that in the rematch. She's going to go out and smoke that chick. (laughs) Like, 
anything can happen on fight night, and it, and it usually has to do with the night. Like, what is going on that weekend? And in this fight, they're fighting on Sunday morning, and Valentina has a look on her face. It just always concerns me. That being said, when I bet on Valentina, and I will, it's going to be a, uh, a prop bet. <clears throat> There's no money to bet on a minus 500. Like, oh, I'll just put, what are you going to do? Like, make $20 on your fucking $1,500 bet or something? Like, there's no money to be made. And so you got to bet on when when the fight's going to end, which sucks because it's a five-round fight, not a three-round fight, or how it's going to end. And with Valentina, it could, you know, be anything. Most likely a knockout. But Valentina by a knockout is probably still a minus 200 or something crazy. So there's just not a lot of money to be made on Valentina unless you pick what round. And that is difficult. Take it however you want. You're going to have to find a way to bet on this fight. I'm going to take a couple. We'll, we'll look at some prop bets in the in the parlays. Obviously, I'm taking Valentina for the win. I think Valentina gets the win. For those of you out there that are like, well, who the fuck am I going to take? Take Valentina at minus 500 if, if, if you want. I think she's going to win. And I think she's going to win by a knockout. Um, that being said, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, you got to put some money down on Talia Santos when she's plus four forty. That's just a, a number you can't pass up. That's all I'm saying. So make sure you do that. <clears throat> the next fight is not going to be the fight of the night. By the way, I've gone. So the main event is Jerry Porzaka and Glover Teixeira. My initial reaction to the fight was Jiri is going to kill Glover Teixeira. And it's going to be really bad, and I don't want to really watch it. And Jiri's minus 204, fighting the champion, who's the underdog, at plus 185. So I went back and watched some Jiri fights recently. <laughs> and I, I think I got enamored with the elbow, the spinning elbow, where he kind of he knocked that dude dead. But even on that hit, it's kind of sloppy. He, he doesn't land it quite right. It's, it is a little weird looking. But on all of his other fights, I, he gets hit all the time. He's really sloppy. He, he kind of fights upright, and his head's just there to be banged on. He does kind of some weird shit, you know. It's like cool when Tony Ferguson throws sand in your face. It's kind of like weird when you're sitting there doing fucking Bushido moves or whatever. I don't know. Like, you're not cool like Tony, okay? You're like a Chechen or some shit, pretending to be a samurai. I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on with this dude. People love him; they think he's crazy or whatever. I think that if you looked into what this dude's really all about, you probably wouldn't like him very much. I'll tell you who I do like though is Glover Teixeira. He went up there and gave the Ice Man symbol on the on the scale. You know, he gave you the old uh, Chuck Liddell hand hand motion thing, whatever the cross hand. They're buddies and. The more I've thought about this fight, Glover is a real pro. And he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's really hard to knock out. And if he gets you on the ground and you don't know what you're doing, you're in real trouble. And there is nobody in the uh, UFC that he can't get on the ground. Nobody, including this Jerry dude who's definitely unorthodox and definitely makes a lot of mistakes and gives people a lot of openings. My final decision is Glover's going to win. I don't think Jiri's ready. He make he he does too much weird shit that gets him in trouble. And that's just not going to work on a real pro like Glover. He's going to hurt you. <clears throat> He's going to get you on the ground. It's going to be boring. Glover's going to just take him down and wear him out and, you know, I I don't think Jiri knocks out Glover to share. Maybe I'm wrong, but give me Glover at plus 185. 
So I got some parlays for you guys before we finish up our uh, fight night pickums. My first parlay is going to be a fun one. It's only a three-way parlay, but it's going to pay out big if it happens. Three prop bets. Andre Fiala by KO is plus 120. That's really likely to happen. <laughs> He's fucking gangster. Plus 120, not the greatest. You'd like that to be up a little bit higher for him, but I'll take it. Uh, I'm going to take Glover Teixeira by submission. I think, I really think that's likely. <laughs> if he gets on his neck or his arm, like, man, I, I think Glover gets this by sub. That's plus 390. You could just do a flat-out bet on that, by the way. If you're, if you're looking for just like a hot prop bet, Glover by a submission at plus 390, love it. But we're using that on our parlay. So we got a plus 120, a plus 390, and then give me Shevchenko by knockout. That's a plus 230 prop. And it's going down as the money's coming in. So that's it's going to get – the odds aren't going to be as good on that. If you were to put $100 on those three things, it'd be 3500 bucks. Hot. Another four-way parlay I really like is Dana at minus 105, Steve Garcia at minus 175, Sung Wong Choi at minus 250, and Andre Fialo at minus three uh, at minus 139. All those are the favorites. Four favorites, 100 bucks will get you 737 dollars. For four favorites to win tonight, 100 bucks will get you 700. That's a hot bet, hot ticket. Watch out. And the last thing we always do is our dollar favorites bet. A dollar on all the favorites this weekend. Let's get it up here. So a dollar, if you take all the favorites tonight, will is uh, plus thirteen hundred. So that would get you one hundred and thirty nine dollars. And like we always do every weekend, one of these will hit, and we'll all kind of celebrate and gamble on our side of choice. So that's our fight night pickups for UFC two seventy five. Just finished watching the Monaco qualifier. Pretty fucking sweet. Leclerc takes pole again. <laughs> Listen, he is, the in, in a single lap, he's the best driver on the track right now. He's the fastest. He is the most aggressive. He takes the turns the, the most aggressive. He He's the fastest. He's faster than Max. It, Ferrari is why they're not winning. The team is why they're not winning. They have the best driver on the track right now. Leclerc is the best driver. The problem is that Ferrari is run like a horse's ass, and they can't ever, they just get in their own way. They make bad decisions all the time in the middle of a race. They, they don't seem to be ready to make decisions on the fly. They seem indecisive. And before all you Ferrari fans, I am a Ferrari fan, get on my, on my back, keep in mind, just last week, they were like, come into the pit. Oh, no, 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 don't come in after he'd already come into the pit. Like, they are the most indecisive decision makers ever. A dude sitting at home watching TV could could run their fucking paddock better. I could have made two decisions in that race last week that would have guaranteed them at least a shot at winning the fucking thing. Just terrible, terrible calls. I don't get it. But... They take pole again. Uh, Perez will, or, or uh, Max will probably win. So keep an eye out for that. I, I'm not even gonna. I haven't been betting too much in Formula One this year. I did a few years ago, when um, it was like, I was getting like Lewis Hamilton to win the race at minus 100 and shit, and it was like, you know, he won almost every fucking race that year, and they were still just coming up like minus 100 to win the race, and it's like, come the fuck on, I gotta take that. I was I was just putting 100 on him every week, you know, doubling my money every week. It was stupid. This year it's a little different because 
I'm not even sure Max. I'm not sure between Max or Sergio who's going to win in the race. Let alone if Leclerc, if his team doesn't drop the ball, he might win. There's like three legitimate people that could win the race every every weekend. Baku's a really cool track. I'm I'm pretty sure Leclerc won there. That might have been one of his first races he won. He drives really well there. So watch out for him. I still think Red Bull is going to take it. They just Ferrari's been just so disappointing to me. Team orders are bad. Team decisions are bad. Pretty much everything about them. As long as Mattia Bonotto's there, I've decided they can't win a championship. I've, I've made that decision. NBA Finals are tied up now. Steph Curry went out there and put up a 40-plus point performance. He's the best player in the in the series. There's no doubt. I'm tired of people arguing about it on TV. Something interesting happened in that game that I've never seen happen before. And nobody will mention this on regular media. I don't know if people just don't... I don't know if people are afraid to say these things or if they just don't see them. But I'm always looking at people's faces and what they're... Like, trying to figure out what they're thinking. Your face very rarely lies about what you're thinking or how you're feeling about what you're thinking about. And I watched... Steph, they pulled Steph out, and he was sitting on the bench with the towel on his head. And they accidentally went to his face after, I believe, Clay Thompson missed a three. And he just had this look like, I just tied the fucking game up, and now we're down by three as I'm sitting here, and you just miss a three, and it's going the other way. And he just had this look on his face, and it was the first time I knew that he had realized that I'm the only one here now. There's no one else. And so he goes back out there and puts up 45 points or whatever, and they get the win. And they're probably going to win the series because of him. Or they won't because he's the only one. He has. He, there is not a second scorer on that team. Not a single one that's reliable that he can look at and, th- and think, thank you, you're here. He has nobody. And he knows it now. It was funny, going into the playoffs – I remember when LeBron said, oh, I'd love to play with Steph. And Steph was like, I'm good here. Because Jordan Poole was playing so well and Clay just came back. And everything felt great at the time for Steph. And now that they're in the playoffs and in the finals, he realizes now that these aren't the guys. Like, holy shit. These guys are, are like, they're not ready. Clay Thompson may never be the same, which is fine. He may be, he may be able to... Here's the thing about Clay. He's just missing shots. He's getting open looks when he's coming off the of screens and shit. He's just missing. And maybe that'll change. Maybe not. Who, who fucking knows? But Jordan Poole is shitting a brick in the finals. He sucks right now. Kaminga's not even getting on the court. Kevon Looney, like all these guys, they're not a two. None of them. And Jordan Poole's not a two now. It's like, oh, he maybe one day, but right now, like, you are terrified to be out there. You miss everything. You made a couple of nice – I mean, you made a couple of nice shots, but overall you're just unreliable. Steph's completely alone out there. And it sucks. And it's time for LeBron to go there. (laughs) I mean, it is. I've always wanted it to happen. I wanted LeBron and Steph to play together, always. Look, if you're LeBron James, you get to play center for Golden State. It's what I've been saying this whole time. LeBron has to play the five. I kept saying Dallas, right? Like he could go to Dallas and play the five. But 
I mean, Golden State would be even better, right? You play the five, and for the first time in a couple years, Steph Curry's got a guy that can just dominate, finally. One other guy. I've always felt like Steph's the one that doesn't really want to play with LeBron, and I don't blame him for that. LeBron's a – that's a lot to take on. But how crazy would that be? I would love that. But he's on his own. Can he get it done? I think so. I think the Celtics suck. <laughs> I just do. I, I mean, they're just so, like, streaky, and I, they don't really have – I thought Jason Tatum was going to be a superstar, and he's just not. He's, he's Like I said, he's not. As I was thinking back on it, though, I made some comments like, I can point to that game always and say you're not a star now. And I And I got an email from a guy that was like, well, what about the Tragic Johnson game? And it's like, okay. He did end up winning five more champ. He won five championships, though. <laughs> like, if you get to the point where you have five championships, like, I, and you had a bad game, like, fine. But I, Jason Tatum is never gonna have five championships. It's just not there. Sorry, I don't. I don't care. You made a good point, though. It is a good point. The Tragic Johnson game is a good point. But you'll notice that Magic Johnson is never on my Mount Rushmore. He never has been. I just not a. I mean, it was in an era that I didn't get to watch. I mean, I don't know. Magic's not in my top five. He's probably in my. He's definitely in my top ten, but my top five. Uh, he's not in it, and I get it. He's got a bunch of championships in a different era. A good era, though. It was a good era, but you know, fuck him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Magic's great. Overall, the weekend is going to be sweet. I hope you guys enjoy the fights tonight. UFC 275 looks fucking baller. I can't wait. The fights coming up over the next couple months are going to be really sweet. We got the Izzy fight coming up. Can't wait for that. All kinds of great shit. The golf golf has gotten really strange, man. All these golfers are going to this new Saudi league where they fucking torture people. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's a uh, political joke. Not really. Listen. The all these golfers going to the Saudi League are like acting like they're poor and they're going over there because they need they need money. Dustin Johnson was talking like, listen, this is the best decision for me and my family. Motherfucker, you made seventy million already with the PGA tour. You've made seventy million dollars. Now you're gonna go make a hundred million dollars on you know, from Saudis that are there's no reason that you'd want their fucking money. Fuck them. You're not you're not poor. I do not want to hear, and I get it. Like, Colin is all on the side of the golfers in this situation. Like, I would, I'm all about taking the money. I'm a money guy. Like, you know, what about this and what about that? And you shouldn't be buying things from China. And it's like, you're right. And yeah, you're right. And why is it on these golfers? I'll tell you why. Because they're already rich. If Colin asked me, why, well, you get rid of your Chinese phone, it's like, okay, so how do I get to my fucking 15 an hour job? Without, you know, how do I even apply now without my Chinese phone where I have to make my, you know, everything's online. You can't even get a paper application anymore, Colin. I love Colin, but God damn it. Sometimes he says shit that drives me up the wall about m- money specifically. He's just so out of touch with what it's like to be poor versus what it's like to be rich. And he's as a rich guy, he's like, it's more money. Why wouldn't I take it? But as a poor person, he's like, well, you should just get rid of your, your Chinese phones if you're if you're mad at these guys for taking this this money. And it's like, I don't have a fucking choice in what kind of phone I use. 
And for me to even get a job, I need to get online to even put in an application. And all that shit's made in China, and so I have one. I have no power as a poor person. These golfers have tons of power. They could just they could just fucking retire and not golf ever again, and they're all rich with generational wealth. Bryce DeChambeau just went. I think that's the biggest shocker out of nowhere. All of a sudden, he's like just signed on with them. It's like, go. You're already super rich with crazy endorsements. And it's like, how much more rich do you need to be is my question. I would ask all these people. I'd ask John Middlecoff. I'd ask Colin Cowherd. It's like, how rich do you need to be? Is your life not already comfortable? Are you not already successful? Do you really need this kind of money knowing where it comes from? Is it that important to you to be that much more rich? And maybe it is. Like, fine. Cool. And if and if people would ask me, would I take it? And it's like, probably. Now, if I were a PGA golfer, like, like if you were offered $100 million, would you take it? I'm like, yeah, I live in a fucking shitty house in the ghetto right now. Yeah, I would take $100 million from Saudis, and it'd be fine. If I were a PGA golfer where I already made $70 million and I had – my mind and my moral compass, would I take that money? No. Like, fuck no. Why? I could tell them that I could literally for the first time in my life look at somebody that I really despise and, and give them the middle finger and tell them to go fuck themselves. And instead, you're like, oh, let me suck on the teat of Saudi Arabia and get all their fucking, get their money. You don't have to. A person like me would have to. I'd be at their mercy because I've never had that kind of money and I never will. And I get that. So when you're like, well, what would you do? I would take it. But where I'm coming from is not the same place that these guys are coming from. If I were coming from where they're coming from, I'd tell these fucking Saudi blood money motherfuckers to go fuck themselves. Because I'm already rich. And I have actually a little bit of power because I've got security. I made $70 million already. I can finally, for the first time, tell some evil motherfuckers, go fuck yourself. I don't need your money. Now, when, so when Colin asked me, the poor person, what would you do? I'd take it. You know why? Because I've never, I would never ever have a chance to do it. These guys have had the chance and have already took it and are making money from the PGA, which is all of a sudden a dictatorship. I don't want to hear any of that shit. And I'm tired of hearing rich people act like, you know, poor people are not any better than them because they would take the money. Of course, we would all take the fucking money. We're poor. Now, if I were rich like you, would I take the money? Probably not. Why? Because I've never, you can't buy me now when I'm a rich person. Where's your fucking moral compass for fuck's sake? Like, how rich do you need to be? I don't get it. It's fucking nuts. But, I mean, I don't see any way that the PGA Tour survives it. How could it? All their golfers are leaving, and Tiger Woods is washed. Even if he were to stay, like, he can't play anymore. So, you know, what are they going to do? It's going to be nuts. Enjoy your weekend. I'm going to be watching UFC tonight. Can't fucking wait. See some blood. (laughs) I'll talk to y'all later. Peace.